Yo. What's up? Drinking coffee. Oh, shit. Me too. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Are you drinking black coffee? Yeah. Do you like to add anything to your coffee ever? No, I like it uh, black as midnight on a moonless night. Oh. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Agent Cooper says on on Twin Peaks. That's right. And then he also, uh, when he was ordering uh, the eggs and bacon, he's like, I want the bacon so crispy. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah, he likes uh, crispy bacon and black coffee. Gosh, I need to I need to rewatch Twin Peaks. I, you know what? That what? if I become president, that's <laughs> yeah. going to be a law. Everyone <laughs> needs to watch Twin Peaks at least once every year, wow. all the way through. That's gonna like you know that and and mm-hmm. that is going to be the biggest offense to anything. Like you will be uh, prosecuted to the fullest extent if you don't complete that task every if if I'm president. Wow. Are you going to give people time off work for that? <laughs> no. No, oh, man. Um, they're going to have to figure out a way to uh, tough, toughen up, man. Wow. Okay. Ain't no time for coddling in my world. Hmm. You know, Twin Peaks, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you know, you, you some of you are uh, raising children. You can handle Twin Peaks. <laughs> Unless you have twins. All right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> citizens of earth welcome to accelerative thrust my name is dan and i'm eric and how are you eric mm, doing good it's early my, it my got my morning voice on so yes you know, extra dj today how's everybody doing out there <laughs> <laughs> hello out there in, uh, radio land yeah. uh, uh getting up's the worst yeah, it, it, it really Every is. day. I'm just like, this old shit again? <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing every day. God. Gotta get up to the sound of my alarm. Yeah. Although uh, uh, setting alarms has become easier because of uh, mm-hmm. of the phones. Yeah, you don't click, click past the time and get frustrated. Right. Usually. I kind of miss alarm clocks. I remember like... Uh, uh, well, because it would also, I, what I would do is I would usually set my alarm clock to have the radio turn on, you know, I, I remember, uh, several times like getting interrupted in my dreams by mm-hmm. like, you know, I'd be like on an Island somewhere with like dinosaurs or something, you know, dinosaurs shooting lasers. And I'm like on some raft getting away from the dinosaurs shooting lasers. You know, the voice from the sky is like, Good morning, <laughs> and everybody looks up, <laughs> and then it's like it turns it turns out that I was just getting woken up by the alarm clock. I've actually had Wait, that. This happen. sounds just like the plot of King Kong with Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, good morning, good morning, Skull Island, Skull Island. It's a beautiful day out today, and uh, we got dinosaurs (laughs) with lasers. We also have new standards men. Yeah. Oh, dude, you know what? That's a great segue, because that sounds like something that would exist in a King Kong movie or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. New standards men. It's like, oh, no, it's the new standards men. Yeah. (laughs) Although it wouldn't be an oh, no situation with us, because new standards men are awesome. Yeah. We'd be like, hooray. Oh, they're all four here now. All four of them. Holy. Yeah. Well, holy jalobi. Let's. All right. I um, just made up a word. Holy jalobi. <laughs> What's um, up, guys? Oh. <laughs> you guys have smell? Like, can you smell? Smell a vision. Thank goodness. How's it going, guys? Hello. Good. How are you? All right, so uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and get it started. My name is Dan. Of course, this is Eric. Yep. Um, Hi, I'm Eric. <laughs> and uh, 
we uh i'll just start it off with uh the question of um we have the new standards men here and uh of course i uh read a uh a, a review of your band and it said new standards men was awesome or oh wait a minute that was my notebook where i was writing down <laughs> sorry i'm trying to get jokes you know it, it's not working this morning I love uh, it. I love <laughs> anyway that. uh jeremy so, yeah. has a type five. Oh, nice <laughs> We can do so, that at the end. That sounds great. Mike's watching nothing but Carson reruns, so he's loving a type five. Oh, wow. <laughs> My man. <laughs> Maybe he'll get called over to the couch later. Yeah. There you go. I'm more of a borscht belt guy myself. <laughs> All right. So, uh, new standards men. Um, can you guys talk about a little bit, uh, well, or, or a lot about how you guys uh, formed? how you met each other and um yeah uh you guys are kind of all like sort of based in like different places am i am i wrong about that am i right like i know uh there's some dubuque and denver associations going on yeah that's that's true um so the the project started in denver i was living in colorado uh until just almost exactly a year ago now uh jeremy and i started playing together with a different drummer and uh made a cd as new standards men and uh we started doing shows just jeremy and i and we started putting out like the field recordings series where it's like we're just gonna jam record it put it out and uh use them as fundraisers like mini fundraisers we began to compile kind of riffs we wanted to play with and we knew like oh we're gonna travel to flat black and record these so of course we're going to hit up Bob cuz Bob's the Swiss army knife of Midwest music. And um and I'd never met Ike before but Jeremy and I think Bob both knew Ike tangentially through different uh noise rock scene stuff and uh literally we we landed in Iowa City. Jeremy and I drove. Ike drove. And we met at Trumpet Blossom, and I met Ike the night before we started recording. <laughs> nice. What would what wound up being not this latest record, but the one before? I was a starship, um, with the the octopus cover. <laughs> yeah, um, that's an awesome cover. Yeah, that, all, all your guys' artwork is is astounding, man. I oh, really like all of it. Thank you. I I did the the artwork on the latest one. The cover. For the first one, for I Was a Starship, that artist uh, uses the name... Animal Sleep Stories. Animal Sleep Stories. Her name is uh, Dana Tesler, I think. Fantastic artist. I think she does it all silkscreen, like, by hand. Like, it's just, it's incredible stuff. Um, So that record, I just did, like, the layout of of that, using her artwork, with her permission, of course. And, like, she wanted, she sent us prints of it and stuff. It was all super awesome. Yeah, the latest record, that's that was all me doing the artwork from scratch on that. But yeah, like, you know, after we recorded that first record and we knew, okay, this rules, that was kind of when it became like, this is the lineup now. Mm-hmm. We still did and still do like shows where it's just Jeremy and I or Jeremy and I and Bob. We've done that lately or Bob and Matt. Uh, so it's kind of like a uh, sex funeral meets New Standards Men mm-hmm. thing. We've done that a few times, but basically, like, if we can get Ike, we want Ike. <laughs> and just, just to kind of piggy, just to kind of piggyback on what <clears throat> Drew's saying is that, um, you know, when we when we recorded our first like sort of CD, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, Bob played on that. We knew that Bob, we wanted Bob part of the mix. We needed, you know, Bob's um, special special touch that special sensual bucko touch on everything we did. But with regards to Ike, I think that when we went in and really had no expectation of doing what would become, I was a starship. I think it was like so natural in the moment. Um, and specifically like the song moon tan, um, what you hear there is exactly like that song wasn't pre-written. All that song was, was, Ike just, I think, was trying to tune up his drums and started playing this beat. Hmm. And something clicked, and we just said, keep playing it, dude. And I think, you know, 
maybe 30 minutes later we had a finished song yeah it was it was like a, a combination of he's tuning his drums up but also is like okay we've i think if i remember correctly like exhausted the riffs we brought so then it was just like okay well we've got one more morning here like let's mm-hmm. do the thing and uh so yeah that was like completely we've never thought about this before where like as we've said like we go into these recording sessions with like riffs with a couple riffs at least where yeah that one was not the case i don't even know i don't think we did that with the latest one i think against our vanishings was kind of the same deal where Moon that was a hundred percent made up yeah Moontan yeah. clicked so well where it was like when we did the second record i was like okay we're gonna go in with like and just try to do that the whole time uh we're just gonna not have pre-thought up riffs or ideas we're just gonna make stuff up yeah we yeah. would have something like Oh, for this song, uh, I'm not going to hit the hi-hat or, you know, like the tiniest little pair, you know, or, oh, on this song, I'll play uh, bass Bass, or whatever. But but the Mm -hmm. and we recorded, I mean, for the last album, is there like four hours worth of music that Mm -hmm. we recorded? I mean, just a massive amount of songs on. And to be honest with you, like. I'm probably a broken record. I get to be in a band I love. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really stoked about that. That's a, that's a real gift, you know, but I'm like, Oh, every time we got done with something, I was like, Oh, that fucking rules. You know, like it was yeah. like, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, I would be just so stoked on, on everything. And it just created, it was created in the moment. So. Forgive me. I, I forgot to add this to the first question, um, but just for the sake, I mean, obviously we can see your guys' names, but um, just for the sake of the listeners, uh, can you, can you guys kind of go down and, uh, list your names off and what you guys do in the band um i'll just jump in go first uh my name's jeremy brasha um i play guitar i think that's about i think that's about the extent of it i think i just play guitar nice <laughs> <laughs> awesome. uh so yeah then i'm drew bissell uh i i play bass uh and then yeah i do i do a lot of the post stuff uh like this latest record uh, not only did I do the artwork for it, uh, I did the mixing for it, which also like entailed taking stuff like, you know, like Jeremy says he like just does guitar, but like I'm able to take stuff that Jeremy does and like turn it into what is like the intros on the songs. So like those things, I think all three songs have at least like a lead in thing that is either just Jeremy's guitar that I made stuff out of or it's like Jeremy and Bob and Ike stuff that I like turned into a little hmm. lead in for the songs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's what I do. Jeremy should also add to his credits that he's the social media guy. Oh yeah. That's important. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. The, he's the face. That's a job. There. <laughs> it is. A, it is a job. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. All the letters, all of the uh, meetings with lawyers, that's all Jeremy. <laughs> all, the, all the all the commenting on madonna's posts i mean that that's that's a job in and of itself so getting a shadow band that meeting. takes hours man bob oh fine you want to bring up the rear Ike? okay yeah we're, we're going we're going quasi-alphabetical <laughs> um i'm bob bucko jr i uh play mostly saxophone with these guys and uh some electronics and keyboards I'm the icing on Jeremy's cake. There you go. <laughs> we call Bob the ringer. <laughs> nice. Totally. My fiance calls him the front man. Yeah. <laughs> totally. We've we've had complete strangers come up and like throw a, a hard finger in Bob's chest and say, don't get rid of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. I agree with those complete strangers. <laughs> my, my name is Ike Turner. I'm from uh, North Dakota, but I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I play drums in New Standards Men, and I'm very proud to play drums in New Standards Men. I wish I lived closer to these bros so that we could have like weekly band practice, and yeah, I could drink drink a six pack of O'Doul's and <laughs> band, you know? oh yeah, <laughs> that's where it's on, at. Man. So mm. you guys, uh, you guys kind of mentioned that improv was sort of um, uh, the way that you guys kind of started to connect and make music. Is there ever a point in the band where uh, you're, I guess you're not doing improv and you're, you know, kind of not doing stuff kind of off the, cause a lot of, a lot of your stuff, especially on the new record to me, it, it's, 
pretty surprising to me, you know, that it's a lot of it is kind of improv and do you kind of do like a combination of both or is it usually, is the band kind of just based solely on like the improv angle? I, I kind of think of it as like a mix. Like, like we mentioned, like we recorded the stuff completely not having thought it up or written anything, but when it comes to then after that playing live and like getting back together, like we've then heard those recordings and like, can, and then like, and know those pieces then. So then we kind of have mm. that live to pull from and where our performances are loosely improvised in that, like we don't really plan them out that much in advance or like plan out how things are going to fit together or how we're going to do it. We do have those kind of like, lodestone things to jump from and go like okay we're going to start with this thing and sometimes we'll be we're, we're going to do this thing and then i feel like doing this later so maybe let's try to do that or sometimes just here's our starting point we've got 25 minutes let's right. let's do it yeah let's, let's go so, yeah so like after the fact it's 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 definitely not pure improv but when we record it, it, it has become, we're not planning anything ahead of time. Usually record live or? Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's all like, it's not just live, but like not separated. We're in a room, mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, like the, even for mixing and stuff, it is like, there's guitars and all mics, there's, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. bass and everything. Um, well, yeah. and I think, I think, you know, when we record, like just, to give you a good example, it's like um, when we were doing the Against Our Vanishing session, we, you know, to say that, yeah, we didn't have something straight out written, but we said, okay, like we're going to go in and Ike's going to play the bass here along with Drew. There's not going to be any drums, you know, and then in the, on the back end, when we like, after each of these songs are done, I think that's kind of in some ways where the assembling happens, where we're yeah. like, you know, because if you, if you were just to say, okay, this is just, this song is just improv. I mean, that's what you, that's what you're going to get. And I mean, that probably would be fine. You know, um, that would be probably a good representation of what we do live, but like recording, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that happens on the back end that I think kind of adds to that sort of free form stuff. Right. Like, so to call it straight improv, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you could say that, but like there's, there is, there is intent there at the end of the day, you know? Well, that's, that's what I want to speak to with, um, cause I feel like me and I can kind of look at this band, like coming in from the outside slightly, because really we think of it as like Drew and Jeremy's baby. So as like a participant, but also as an observer, um, like Drew said, there's signposts, but those are created because of what Jeremy was getting at where we're creating in the moment. Uh, and that part is pure improvisation and it's pure feeling. Um, that's an area that I enjoy being placed into, seeing mm -hmm. just seeing what happens. Mm -hmm. But then the construction of, like the songwriting is essentially the work in post. And so that's what makes it different than from say like a free improv session or a free jazz thing or something that's truly just audio verite capturing the moment um our starting point is capturing the moment and then the assembly begins mm -hmm. and gotcha. i think that's like something that's really unique about this group so we have all the spontaneity of improvisation but there's a lot of intentionality especially once like drew and mm -hmm. jerry really get down to the mix and stuff so with the metrics that you are trying to like follow or whatever like at the outset would it be like um this is the key we're in or is it like just a, a rhythm and people get a feel for it it's way more a a rhythm uh, not so much a key like sometimes there's you know moving outside of that but the, like a lot of our stuff is based uh around c sharp that's just kind of where jeremy and i have settled on stuff mm -hmm. like that's where the base layer of stuff it always feels cool and fun and unique for what we're doing is like that c sharp and like we have this running joke especially because like i am very like drone doom crowd minded for stuff like i'll just play a riff and if you don't stop me or tell me to stop right. change i'll just keep playing that yep. so we have this running joke where like there's another note but you got to pay extra for it like i'll give you <laughs> one fucking note <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, no, uh, I get that completely. I, I I love playing in sort of that repetitious, motoric, kraut rock sort of way where it's like, if you do this long enough, it becomes something else, even if it even if it technically hasn't changed. I think that's a super yeah, cool you, approach. Like, you, you see or you become aware of how it changed only kind of in retrospect. Like mm -hmm. you, you do it for so long and you think, oh, I'm doing the same exact thing. But you listen back to it. It's like it it changed gradually right. as we all kind of moved and took, you know, somebody slowed down and somebody picked it back up. And like that made this mm -hmm. thing change a little bit it has become way more of like kind of like that live can thing where it just kind of mm -hmm. grinds along right changes and like becomes its own thing organically without us going like we're gonna get faster and do this right yeah for sure well and that kind of repetition leads to like i think of uh, last year i saw john mueller play and yeah, the idea yeah. of exploiting that repetition to where the sound of the room you know the the you know, reverb of the repetitions creates yep. its own rhythms and its own feels. And then we're responding to ourselves responding to the room. Right. He played here two months ago. And like, I, I, I felt really fortunate to like both be there and like get to catch up with him after not having seen him live in a long time. And yeah, it became the heaviest thing I've seen uh, bare minimum all year. It was like, this has become so repetitious and he's kept this grinding tempo so steady that it's just like, this is like beating this thing right. into us and he's chanting things and like purposefully not mic. It's like, no, that's for him. And he, mm -hmm. like, this isn't part of the thing he's amplifying is like what's coming out of his mouth. Like it was just, yeah, it's amazing. I, I, yeah. I love that dude anyway, but live, it was like, okay, <laughs> this, this is the whole yeah. thing listening through your guys uh discography that's one thing i really appreciated like there's a plethora of noise acts out there but one thing i think that they miss is sort of like the vibration of the whole thing and like letting it happen not being in charge of the noise not controlling the noise being part of it letting those things flourish finding you know a meaning deep within the sound and i think uh you guys really, it seems like you really pay attention to that. We're like, we are participants in this, not only as a group of people, but the sound we've created or are creating, we're responding to in real time. And, you know, it just has a real feeling to it. You know, like, it's okay to be cerebral and visceral and things like that, but it's also really cool to just, like, be part of that uh, I feel like it's room atmosphere. to breathe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like there's yeah. a room to breathe in what we're doing for maybe as dense as it is in terms of volume and sub frequency and stuff mm -hmm. where, you know, we're letting the air do the work and then kind of taking it back in from there, um, which I guess goes back to what we were talking about previously as well, you know, responding to the room. But yeah, I think like things have to breathe and in improvisation, there's an arc anyway. Mm -hmm. Like that's my main critique of certain like swaths of noise mm -hmm. is that there isn't an arc sometimes that, there, you know, it's like you're losing the point if it's just a thing. Yeah. There has to be a point to the thing, but it doesn't need to be, like you said, beat over the head with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it can kind I, of grow of its own accord. Yeah. I think that one, just two, two quick points. One is, you know, we're all four Midwestern uh, white dudes of a certain age as you can see by my hairline and <laughs> and, that, and that is that is what it is you know you can you could kind of make an assumption on that but i think you'd probably have to go pretty far to find four midwest midwestern white dudes who cast a wider net in terms of what we take in in terms of art like we listen mm -hmm. to lots of different types of music you know and i think that really i'm not really a vibes guy too much but when i got together with these dudes i, I felt like Oh, they get it on that level too. And I was stoked. Mm -hmm. And about a, a decade ago, I saw Tetsura Nakatani play a show in the back of uh, this like fucked up bar here in Kalamazoo. And he changed the cellular nature of the room um, in a way that I had never seen before. And I was, uh, I wasn't on uh, acid or edibles or nothing, <laughs> you know, like it was just, I was raw dogging it and it was on believable it was unbelievable and i got that feeling um playing with these guys one time mm -hmm. too i got that feeling really distinctly 
And it was something that I think my entire life, I hope I live a very long life, but um, I think my entire life, I'm going to be chasing that feeling. And I am just so happy that I got to feel it just once. You know what I mean? And I felt yeah. it in other ways before with other bands, but I make more straight music in my, in other bands I'm in. Um, this one is just like, it's just so special to, 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 to even just sort of dip my finger into the cloud of something um, really hard to describe, you know, something kind of sublime. So please let me jump in with this Tatsia uh, anecdote. Um, I played with him in Erie, Pennsylvania last year, about a year ago. And um, the person who ran the venue comes up like a Led Zeppelin bro guy, right? <laughs> I don't usually like experimental music, but that was pretty good. And Tatsia had done a solo percussion set, looks at him. I am not experimenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, dude. If I, if I can, if I can just uh, kind of go back to what sort of touching on what Bob was saying about the John Mueller stuff and about the room is that prior to working on I Was a Starship, Drew and I came up with this idea of doing these um, EPs to release each month. Those were a byproduct of just us being in the room and allowing sort of like the room to dictate where those sounds went. Um, there's a lot of long kind of repetitious tracks. I mean, you still have sort of like the basic sort of new standards men sauce there, but at the same time, it's, you know, very much like, you know, we're going to like have this um, sound playing for a half hour and see what changes. Right. And for some people, I mean, for some people that can be very annoying, but for me, that can also be very, very like profound in a way, just to give an example. And this is a, a joke. We we've made a joke, you know, we're a kind of going back to the Midwest thing. We're a stew gaze band. Right. And like, certainly, <laughs> certainly like I'm, I'm a fan probably more than any of these guys of like my bloody Valentine. Mm -hmm. But one of my takeaways from, seeing my bloody valentine was when they did their 30 minute long just complete i think they call it holocaust noise but i'll refer to it as <laughs> just noise set part where it was just you know they're playing one chord and it starts to go from like it goes from being interesting to painful to sort of this release within the noise of like and I don't know, I wouldn't say it's quote unquote getting it, but I I would say it's your body tuning itself to the, the music in real time. And I find that to be a very profound experience if done right. Um, and so I think that that's something that I've really thought about within the context of like, within the context of this band. And it was nice when we started, when we moved on from our old drummer, it was nice to kind of, for Drew and I to sit back and say, okay, we kind of have, just by dint of not having this piece, you know, we we have this room to kind of stretch mm -hmm. out and allowing ourselves to do that. Um, I think was not only not only made the band better, but it was also a good learning experience. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I would just add to that is when we brought Ike in, Ike seemed to kind of inherently get that if you're making that type of music, if you're, if you're making sounds in that manner, there's a certain way of playing drums that doesn't interrupt those frequencies mm -hmm. that lets those frequencies breathe, that lets those sounds breathe. And Ike got that mm -hmm. from the beginning. And so that's what made it like, okay, then this is the person we want to be making music with. Right. Like this mm -hmm. person just can step in and really understand you know, what's important about what we're trying to do. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that yeah, actually really leads me to another up. idea. Uh, so I did listen through the discography leading up to this and I, and I, I agree listening and I don't remember the original drummer's name and this isn't a knock or anything, but it seemed more like, like a traditional drum place in it, like a, like keeping a rhythm and, and uh, being pretty overt about, playing the drums oh and yeah then, i mean and those, then those later it was different so yeah those first recordings and songs with that original drummer i mean it was uh even just on the back end like it was the way more traditional write songs process there was no jamming the stuff out seeing what riff goes 
like how where this riff can change like none of the stuff we've been talking about is what we were doing with this mm -hmm. at all it was uh it, jeremy had actually already been playing with this other dude and i had moved to colorado and wasn't playing and i i had been improvising for years with bob and other stuff and i hadn't been in a band that wrote stuff in a long time and i jumped in and not knowing like okay is this even gonna be how my brain works anymore mm -hmm. and, it, and it and it worked but it was like the very structured we're gonna go we're gonna write songs we're going to go record and we have, you know, I think it's five songs. We're going to do these. I think the last song on that original CD is like, Oh, that we stretched that to like 13 minutes, but it was really more. We have room for this one riff to maybe go a long time and like maybe slow down and speed back up. So like with that, it was, it was the whole other world of thinking it was none of the mm -hmm. stretching out live or in the studio right. or anything yeah like coming in from the outside again that perspective i played on both those albums yeah. uh people wonder and i was a starship mm -hmm. i think both times it was like i had like a last show of tour and hooked up with you guys at luke's yeah you know no. so i was always super rough and grimy and that was its own weird blast but like coming in on the people wonder session was okay here are these songs then hey bob play something on this okay yeah, here's, here's where the there's room for you fits bob. over mm -hmm. what would ostensibly be a chorus or something and then when we did starship and me and ike showed up it was like uh as was described earlier you know it was it was a sympathetic free-for-all yeah it was we're gonna it start with just this rhythm, what and then see if we can see where it goes in the next 10 minutes and then it was 440 space for what like, the hell was that about <laughs> yeah with the deal that's like uh you know with luke like always be recording like yep. just don't stop we'll sort it all out later you know with like a whole day of cutting stuff up but yeah and we'll end to that note we haven't even mentioned that from that i was a starship session is where we got what we put out as um spain's first astronaut which that's was amazing purely improvised <laughs> but in a different way in that just ike and bob and i recorded that making up stuff at flat black recording while jeremy went to like meet up with his mom because we were in the area so it's like he went to have lunch with his mom and we recorded that and he came back and we're like add your shit to this dude <laughs> like we got Do you even know here. if we were recording i don't I don't well, remember during during the middle where. of the recording. I like during the middle of the recording, Luke came down and I was just playing the standard Motorik beat, right? And and I like I looked at my snare drum and Luke instinctively put a t-shirt on my snare drum mm -hmm. to get that kind of drier yeah. um noise sound, you know? And it was just and that and we were recording during that time, you know, it was like 40 uninterrupted minutes or something. <laughs> And then it became nice. side A and side B and of the of the tape, yeah. That yeah. We put on. yeah, and I mean to that end, it's like I, you know, I went out I went out for lunch with my with my mom and my aunt, and I came back and they're like, um, so we have a song. And it's like, <laughs> oh shit. That's some work to do, Bob. Yeah. yeah, 40 minutes of work now. 40 minutes of work, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I would say you. about the rhythmic aspect of things, mm -hmm. and again, I'm the, the drummer, so you gotta really excuse me. I, I'm missing my drool cup, but um, but about the 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 rhythmic aspect of things for I dr I played drums in punk bands for years or or rock bands or whatever, and then I didn't play drums for a really long time, and in fact that session that we did that first session in Iowa that was the first time I had sat down um at a drum set for like 18 months or something. I mean it was other than doing a little demo for the songs I'm writing or whatever, and that was really just so freeing to be that they were cool with that that they were like really forgiving and cool with whatever was happening there. And it taught me, I mean, really, again, I'm, I'm, I'm an old man, but it taught me to listen, you know, like you just have to learn how to listen. And I, I screwed up live sometimes. I don't think I listen as well as I should live sometimes. Um, but I know that when we're in the right space and there and everything is working correctly, it's just, it's for people listening. So. Right. And if, I, if I can just one, one other thing, like talking about like when we're in the right space is, you know, in March, we, Played a hand, like I think we played like seven shows. Uh, did like a little mini tour with our uh, friends and apparitions. But the show we did in Dubuque um, was a sort of like a huge pain point, mostly because uh, things were just running behind. 
Um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, like monks close us at a certain time. So we had to be done with mm-hmm. music and we went and we just were like, we're just going to rip it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a total, like the set was like maybe 12 or 15 minutes, but it was like, it was what we had to say in that amount of time. And I don't think I've ever felt as good after a performance as I have after that. Cause it was just like to the point of what we were trying to say in that moment. So well, I can imagine being in a band that has a set list. Yeah. You know, it's... because it would feel disingenuous from night to night to not express yourself fully. Like Jeremy stated, you know, that, it's the four of us, how we're communicating and how that room and the people in it are mm-hmm. all like a good night. Isn't just about you. It's about the entire thing coming together. Right. You know, yeah, like well, and I, and I think, with everything. Bob, you and I, especially, but also, I mean, like also Jeremy and Ike, I think all of us try to remain as present as we can while we're still like diving into this thing, you know, like the whole, like you can liken it to like the David Lynch meditation thing, like catching the big fish, like, falling into the deep and like pulling stuff out. So you're not tuned out, but like, I think part of that remaining present translates into us trying to be really aware of like, whether we're overstaying our welcome doing this stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's like, we're doing a set at monks. I don't know if it was so much that they're closing, but it was also like kind of like foot in mouth. We agreed to play last. We could like see people or like already as it's already kind of late, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, we're not oh, getting younger. My kid's birthday party's tomorrow. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> so it was like, we played, and like, I don't think we rushed anything, but I think we were really aware of like, that was it, right? Like, we just did the thing. Uh, anything else is going to be extra to us, mm-hmm. so that's going to way translate to like the folks watching us. So like, amps off, we're good. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, that actually, uh, that's interesting because my next question was actually going to be how you guys approached being a live band, like playing, you know, in performance with the way that you guys kind of structure your songs. And Bob kind of already touched on that. Right. Um, so I guess, like, do you guys have any sort of like plan when you play live, or do you just kind of uh, get up there and I guess like chasing after that? that feeling or whatever i guess i don't know i can't really <laughs> i mean we're always chasing the dragon live yeah. <laughs> oh, Jeremy got it. <laughs> I, I think i think it's a mix of what you mentioned i think there's, <laughs> i think there's chasing that but also i think chasing that starts 30 minutes before our sets i think there's always this period where like there's a band playing before us we're watching them we're feeling stuff out and we start kind of nudging each other and whispering and saying like, start with moon tan. And like, because we have those starting points or at least, you know, like if we say moon tan, we know how that song on record starts. So it's like, are we going to, should we start with that? I'm kind of feeling like starting with that. And we just come to that agreement, how to start the set. And that that's usually within 30 or so minutes of when we're going to play. So it's like we we haven't had to start loading our stuff on stage yet, but we're already thinking like, I'm setting up my mind for this. How are you feeling about that? And we all kind of come to an agreement in that regard. So do you like if you start with Moontan, does it ever kind of like shift into something that's kind of coming out of the blue that you guys like? Do you guys ever like improv like on stage when you guys play? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or do yeah. you guys you- like go into like other songs like? That's it's usually it's usually saying something like, oh, we're going to start with Moon Tan is like a starting point. And then really all four of us listening to see how that goes and see where it goes and listening to each other. Because if Jeremy starts doing something way different than was what on record, we're going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to go like, oh, that's not how the song goes. Like that's never in any of our minds. There are plenty of times, though, where if we are in the middle of letting stuff drone out, we're like kind of tinkering around with stuff. If one of us start clicking into something we all recognize from a different thing, mm-hmm. then that's our nonverbal like, oh, that's that's going. Let's go in that direction. 
because we all recognize that like that that does feel good let's do that that's clicking mm -hmm. so if we all start clicking into that that's like a confirmation like yep this is let's let's keep going that way um you guys have also all kind of been uh involved in like other projects throughout the years as well i know drew I, of course i met you when you were in a seat yep. um a few years back and uh bob i know that you uh you've been a solo artist for a while and um i've listened to pretty much all of your samlock ward collaborations which are all fantastic and uh can you guys all talk about like some of your other projects and how they may or may not relate to new standards men well, I wrote down all the stuff that Bob's been involved in, so I just, <laughs> uh, I'll start at the beginning for that. <laughs> there's only on there's the only one day. there's only one there's only one project that Bob really truly cares about. And it's a band called Mailbomb. So, yeah. <laughs> for the um, unusual listeners, I was flipping through a large notebook of my work notes. <laughs> Uh, I'll go first just to get it out of the way. I'm in a million bands. Uh, <laughs> um, going concern bands. I play in the Kalamazoo Drone Orchestra and or Drone Society, sorry. And I play in a band called uh, Wowza in Kalamazoo, which is um, kind of my band that that I'm, I don't know. I guess I, I steer the ship. And then I have a project with my friend Frankie, who I'm, I'm also in bands with, with those other two bands with. We have a band called Hand Turner. And we just got Masters back today for our new record. And I'm super stoked. Um, and I play in a rock band called Out. Um, and then there's just a million other projects, but it's, but each one occupies a space and I'm happy with all of them and, and all of that. Um, but I treat new standards men for me. This is just my take, not, not speaking for my bros here, but like what, once a year when I was a kid, once a year, my grandma would make me this really great chocolate sauce that I would have on ice cream. And she would just let me have a little bit of it. <laughs> But she knew I was the most stoked human on earth every time I got to have a little bit of this really special chocolate sauce. And looking back, it was probably, you know, you know, on our quick or something. I have no idea. But that's how I feel about playing with new standards. Man. I don't get to do it much. But every time I do, it's never enough. And I couldn't love it more. You know, it's one of those kind of things. So, so they're your nice. uh, special chocolate sauce. They are. That's right. In, in fact, Jeremy makes me call him that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's I require that from all the, the members of the band. Is, so, uh, that's supposed to stay in our encrypted chat, Ike. <laughs> yeah. I think Ike really hits on it for me. Like, I mean, I everything I do that isn't me recording by myself in a room is about like connecting with other people, right? Like everything I do is some form of collaboration, whether it's like improv or what me and Sam were doing, which was like trading files over a computer and yeah, you know, any of it. But um, you know, there's something really special about making stuff with like three other people that you really care about. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think like the best thing that all playing music has given me has been like making these friendships. Um, one of the projects I play in with the terrible, terrible names I can blame Jeremy for sex funeral, um, <laughs> over the course of like over a decade, uh, myself and the other member, Matt Crow, uh, you know, one day I woke up and realized, oh, like I have a best friend that I didn't really think about as my best friend because like, you know, we're just in this zone of creating and doing this stuff and new standards, man, is very much that too. It's, uh. You know, like right now we're talking about how we're doing what we're doing and that's really hard to verbalize right mm -hmm. and i'm sure we all sound goofy trying to do it but the beautiful thing is that you don't have to talk about it when you're actually doing it mm -hmm. like if it's people you truly connect with and you're listening and having a conversation that's what happens and yeah so yada yada whoever i'm playing with at any given time i hope that's what's coming out yeah i think you know i think both both Bob and Ike highlight like what makes the band like, you know, for me is very important is like that feeling of we're very much on the same page, the same sort of like transmission a lot of times. And it doesn't, you know, like it, the communication aspect of that is like really important. I mean, especially having been in bands like where like the communication is just so stunted and you're, and you start to be like, well, this band is like doing things. We're getting good shows, but we also like hate being in the same room together. <laughs> and like that, you know, to me in this, to me, it makes like, it's more fulfilling to be in a band that like 
you're actually on the same page with mentally and like you come together in that way and whatever whatever success whatever success comes from that just feels like you know sort of like the icing on the cake it's like well you know this band is my yacht and i get to play with three of my favorite captains you know what i mean and like mm -hmm. so like that's that is that's the point where i come to it you know like i said i mean i've definitely played in bands where like the that wasn't that wasn't the case and like you know, that can only last for so long, you know, your tolerance level just sort of like peters out after a little bit. So I think we just get older too. And you realize there's only so much time to do this. You want to do it with the people you love and there's no end game beyond that. And then ironically, you notice that's when people start paying attention. Hmm. Yeah. When you're 25 and have ambition or whatever, <laughs> you know, you're kind of outing yourself as a jerk usually. So hmm. like, it's nice, you know, um, I got, um, I know less than a decade, but I basically grew up on music with Jeremy and Drew and I have been collaborating and friends for well over a decade. And, you know, this just feels like where this needed to arrive at was this kind of uh, friendship on tape or whatever, which just sounds terribly hokey, but yeah. <laughs> It's, 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 don't worry, Bob, I'll, I'll massage you later. It's a good kind of, <laughs> <laughs> see, we're all sensitive here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys uh, decide from the beginning that you were going to be an instrumental band or has there ever been a consideration for vocals or you know, only lately have we talked about maybe collaborating with somebody on vocals. Um, and that's just been kind of like in the idea stages um, as far as like what we, have always done like uh there there's never really been talks or thoughts about doing sure. vocals kind of i think that what at the end of the day is that it's not to say that you know vocals couldn't be there or wouldn't be there but like there would never be any like pre-planned to like say like oh, this is this is going to have vocals you know it would mm -hmm. come it would have to come like naturally from like us doing something being like, okay, well, like this, like maybe like this guitar part isn't working here or this like sample isn't working here. What if vocals, you know, it would never be, I don't, I mean, speaking only for myself, I can't envision a, a point where it'd be like, okay, guys, I got these lyrics. <laughs> right. Right. And oh yeah. Yeah. These well, lyrics, these, these, yeah. these lyrics are my take <laughs> on the Gaza Israel thing, and they all <laughs> rhyme with cow. Like that right. would just not work, right? So yeah, you'd almost need that like uh, demo Suzuki kind of approach where it's another instrument that is also moving and flowing and yeah. reacting, like and not overt. You know, like you were right. kind of saying, like this is a song about this. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would have yeah. to come as a product of collaborating. It would have to be, yeah, not somebody or a, one of us coming to the a session with something like that, with lyrics. Mm -hmm. It would it would just, it, it wouldn't feel organic. You kind of hit it right there, Drew. Like what you guys do feels so organic. You were kind of, you were just talking about it. It just feels really honest, like, well, like those, actually, like those two kind of principles are like, uh, I mean, for me personally, like those are the core of everything that matters. Like if you're if you're not doing it where it's organic, and you're not doing it where you're coming to it uh, in good faith, and and trying to be honest about what you're doing, then that poisons what you're doing. If you are, if you're approaching anything with the idea like, oh, this is like a means to an end or like to a less degree than like poisoning the idea. Like, you know, if you're going to do it, like I want to do rock songs, like that is, that is its own unique thing. And that is its own separate thing. And I, and I enjoy a lot of that stuff that other people do, but for me, I don't, I don't go into anything going like the end game of this is this. It's mm -hmm. always, uh, there's an idea, there's a uh, a thing, and I want to explore that, and I'm going to let it go where it needs to go. And and I'm, I'm personally very lucky to have collaborators like these three that, like, are tuned into that, and we get to do that together. But, yeah, if any of us came to it, and, like, if I came to it, like, oh, this, we need this song to be, like, a tight six rock song, like that just doesn't interest me because it's not 
coming into it and letting things happen. It's making things happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and to to that end, just what with what what Drew's saying too is that like it could end up being that tight six, you know, but in the moment, you know, we're not going to hem like the like what we're doing to like make it that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some of the stuff from some of the stuff from um the new record was you know, it was longer, but like, you know, we did like, it goes back to that whole, a lot of the quote unquote writing happens in that post area where, you know, we're saying, okay, like now let's, let's take these, these things and like make them even better or make them cohesive in the way that we want them to be cohesive. Well, and like, even to that point, like the stuff that's on the record, there was really just kind of like some mixing stuff that, that helped things hold together. But the stuff that's on the record as it is, it wasn't like a, this section worked. And then we have the section from like the next day. So like, let's put those together. It it wasn't like that. And I don't want to give that impression. Mm -hmm. And because I like, the reason I say that is because there's a bunch of other material from those sessions that that's what it is. It's like a 18 minute long thing where we definitely hit three distinct things, but they don't really go together. It's Mm -hmm. like we were doing this thing and it kind of petered out and then somebody started something up and we do a really cool thing for like seven minutes and it kind of peters out. And then we, we kind of end it with a different cool thing, but overall it wasn't there. So we didn't use it Mm -hmm. where the stuff that's on the record is like, you know, for the most part, it's like there's a big section at the beginning, there's an interlude and there's an end section. Like those were one take and really in mixing, it was how do, you know, can I emphasize a thing to make the lead in a little smoother? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't like hard gluing stuff together or anything like that. Well, if you're recording all together and all that stuff's bleeding, it's kind of yeah. like, you can make something louder, but you can't take everything else away. And that's know? really the thing is like Jeremy's guitar is a really good example of that. Like if he's doing something, you're not getting rid of it. Right. <laughs> so it's really where can you emphasize it or how can you make it when it really hits, it hits even more mm-hmm. so that when it's there kind of leading up, that's not the focal point, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, and that's yeah, cool that you have that's... natural ambience to like work with too. Oh, and, and that's the, you know, along with yeah. the kind of like always be recording mm-hmm. ideal for recording. It is also like mics everywhere. When we the 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 engineer that we worked with for this uh, was a guy named Jesse Parmet, and it was at Dirt Bar Studios in Denver, and that was the thing. It was like we we want the in the room sound we knew going in that uh, we weren't going to have him mix it. It was just, we need what's in the room recorded and, uh, and then I will take the tracks, but it was um, a couple mics on the guitar, bass mic'd and direct Bob stuff is all direct, except he had, he does have sax into his own microphone. So like that comes through on other stuff, but is also recorded direct. And then it was like, you know, mics on all the drums, but overhead mics and in the corners, room mics. So the mix is very much the whole room and us in it emphasized. Nice. Yeah, as an aside, I just, that made me remember how all the effects I have going, I couldn't hear in real time. Right. Oh, they were yeah. correct, and I didn't have headphones. <laughs> wow. So I'm guessing on everything. <laughs> yeah. There's like a weird, <laughs> so for you, that's right. Like in our conversations, like a weird mix of like, you can, you can hear the dry track, but not the effects, but also like in our headphones, it's like, I can hear your sax in the room, but in my headphones, I can hear like your Elisa's pads <laughs> fucking on 11. Like it was just like <laughs> bells, 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 like straight. Like no, the kick, his his kick drum sound on the Elisis actually like almost blew out my left ear. <laughs> but it, uh, well, it, it was neat to see the uh, engineer kind of his attitude kind of shift from when we got in there on a Friday night. I definitely picked up some "Why the hell are these guys here?" vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and, and by Saturday afternoon, it was like, oh, I see what they're up to. I'm going to have fun with these guys doing this. 
for, it was for sure that like, I mean, if you probably even took this conversation we're having out of context and like had no prior knowledge of us and just heard us talking about what we do, like, <laughs> like Jesse did, you'd probably go like, this is going to be some fucking Grateful Dead 76 noodling <laughs> around jam band shit. Like these guys are just dropping in. This is going to be great. Like can't wait to do this for three fucking days. <laughs> Here comes Bertha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like immediately like, oh, we did like a line check where we jammed for a little while. You could see he's just like, oh, okay, cool. Never mind. Yeah, Yeah. like let's do this for three days. (laughs) I think we intentionally uh, inspire a lack of confidence, you know, uh, like walking in, talking about how he hasn't touched drums in nine months. And then there being like a broken house kit there. That's the one he's going to use. Like make make him expect the least and then you'll dazzle him with whatever you got. That, That was legitimately maybe the worst drum set I've ever played in my life. And the best drum sound on. You did a Mike Dahl quiz. You got a great sound out of a crappy kit. On site, and like even when you were tinkering around with it, you're like, dude, some of this stuff is kind of fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, and like, and as soon as we like heard the recording, it's just like, never mind. Yeah. (laughs) And the funny postscript to this is that the guy who's kind of the co-owner of the studio, my my buddy Nate, who's the reason why we get. Because his it's mostly for his band that studio they don't really do a lot of outside stuff but I, I had asked him um, initially and he said well let's do it as a recording session because I think we were going to play a show we just uh, wanted a jam space it right was, it was we had a Sunday outdoor show and it was like well let's let's make a long weekend out of just knocking the cobwebs off yeah Nate plays in a, a band I. I, they were on, I think they were on Bloodshot Records or something called Yoppers. I've known him for a while here in Denver. And uh, so I reached out to him like, hey, bud, can we uh, can we do a, can you do us a solid? And he basically at the time said, well, you know, we don't really have it set up as like a jam thing, you know, there or as a rehearsal studio. But if you wanted to record, we could do that. Let me just make sure that my, you know, my bandmate Jesse is there. And that's sort of how it worked out. Then I don't know, I don't like maybe eight months later, I was um I was out on this trail by my house and I saw Nate biking and we got to talking and he was just like, you know, that stuff you guys recorded at Dirt Bar was so was really cool. Like, oh thanks, man. That's great. Cause it wasn't the mixed stuff. It wasn't the stuff that Drew had mixed yet. And he's just like, you know, um, we're starting to do some pretty you know, we're kind of moving away from the folk thing. We're going to start doing a little more like spreading out a bit. I, I'd love for you to hear some of the tracks. <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh, we left a little new standards men stench yeah. there. You, nice. uh, <laughs> yeah. We just ruined Americana. <laughs> I, I, I would love it. Yes. I would love it if on the back end, if there was just like a private moment where Jesse was just like, those guys are having a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, right. I need to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. going to ask you guys, like I said, I listened through everything. And uh, uh, when we reviewed the, the the latest release, I was really kind of stuck on this um, Tuxedo Moon sort of um, Angelo Badalamente sort of feel like this kind of doomy jazz kind of thing. And then listening back through it, I, I through the discography, I was like, I don't think I was wrong, but I really feel like there are different eras of sorts where you could drop in hear something and be like oh this is what they do and be pretty much wrong you know as as a as a whole so do you guys see that like that there might be sections or eras of what this group has done or do you just see it as a a growth and an evolution and changing consistently or i mean i i think really the only the only way that I see that is what we've already mentioned. It's kind of like there's that before period where it was the different three piece and it was more structured stuff mm-hmm. and everything since then where it's been Jeremy and I, and and then also Jeremy and I and Bob and Ike mm-hmm. is pretty much always going to not be one thing. Like I don't see it as so much as like eras or changes in there. Like even if you listen through all that, the field recordings thing, mm-hmm. which is what I'm assuming you mean. 
that's really just, well, that was how Jeremy and I were that day. Right. And, and like, and like Ike mentioned, like we, the four of us all kind of cast a really broad net of like what we listen to personally. And we all obviously have like our own personal stuff always going on. So it's like, okay, so the day we recorded field notes, you know, eight, well, we, maybe we were like subdued that day. Maybe mm-hmm. I was listening to a bunch of like born and their club of gore and had kind of a dark jazz lounge thing in my head already. Maybe I was, I had been watching twin peaks, the return and yeah. did have that kind of stuff <laughs> in my head. Like, it, it it is all just always kind of there like you well, know i think you've always brought like that cinematic aspect that eric mentions to things drew yeah ab- um, absolutely and well and like i uh i've had that kind of stuff in my mind a lot lately because i do i do solo stuff under the name floating cave and also now i'm kind of a collaborator again with a in that like when i'm available i can perform with them live and do noise under their doomy stuff and it's it's way more of stretching out in just the soundscape cinematic sounding stuff and where can i go with that without it uh without forcing anything and with it just letting you know the see thing is different because it's their stuff and i have Mm -hmm. and and i want to not overstep things and i it's their thing so that is totally different but it is still me getting to like stretch out a little bit yeah where with my solo stuff and with what we do in new standards men there's probably always going to be that element of like us in our mind's eye having something that we're building and we're that we're emphasizing and kind of complimenting that obviously is like not visual but there's always that element to it where we're creating something that you can drop into and it creating this immersive thing. Totally. And, and I, and I, I, I mean, even though a lot of what we've created has been within the kind of the context of guitar, bass and drums, I think that that, I don't ever see that as like a, you know, sort of like the syllabus that we have to follow every time sure. we're together. Like, you know, if, if we were to get together tomorrow and where I was in my headspace, you know, like, okay, like I'm going to bring in and play my, you know, my bass six. Or you're going to bring your micro chord or you're going to bring. Right. right. And like like, those things, those things are never, those things are never like out of, out of bounds. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, essentially, essentially, I I think Drew really highlights this is like, we're coming at this from where we are in, in that, space and time you know what nice. i mean and it, mm-hmm. yeah i think that i think to do otherwise at this point in my life would feel would feel actually just feel wrong yeah <laughs> and i'd feel pretty silly too i mean like right. you know like to to approach in in a different way right mm-hmm. not to say that like not to say that you can't you know write songs in a way that are like actual writing songs that provoke your present state but it's more just like this band, I think, really provides that sort of ability to say what you're feeling at that time, yeah. and, you know, and have that translated. That's my my circumspect 10,000 foot view. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I also, need, I also need an excuse to use my hands like this. So. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good. Yeah. 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 yeah really satisfying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's all take a moment for the listeners at home to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're sort of doing that meme of your ancient hand. aliens, dude. You know, when he's like, oh. for our uh, for our Fairfield new standards <laughs> mentions. <laughs> well, guys, um, I think uh, yeah. it's about time that I'm going to have to wrap it cool. up. Uh, but um, yeah, thanks new standards, for coming man. on. Thanks. Awesome conversation. It was so cool to have everyone here too. It's like, usually we have one person describing an entire band and it's like, well, we're just getting their perspective. But this is, this has been really cool talking to you guys. So Uh, I'm really glad this worked out and I'm, I'm really appreciative that, uh, that you had us personally. I, 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 we chat us for chat all day, every day, Mm -hmm. but 
I, we rarely get to just sit and talk big brain, our band stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like we, we kind of only talk about this stuff in studio. Yeah. This um, is like the yeah. unsaid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Really like <laughs> this is like all the stuff that's underneath how we operate and we just operate, you know? Yeah, so like, right. it's, it's awesome that you had us, that you hosted us for us to get to talk to you about this. Yeah. Thanks again so much for being with us you. this morning, early on the Saturday. I know. <laughs> so, Super yeah. appreciated. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a pleasure having you guys on. Yeah. Thank you so well, thanks, much, everybody. Yeah. You too. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Goodbye. I'm staying in here. You are. Oh, you get to hear all the secrets. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you guys. Bye. Thank you. See you later. <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks, Drew. Well, let's see. Yeah. So, wow. New Standards Men. Awesome interview. Yeah. Great um, stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. I don't know what else to say. Listen to New Standards Men. <laughs> Yeah, listen to New Standards Man. Get a hold of us if you want us yeah. to review some stuff or talk yeah. about some stuff. And yeah. uh, I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll uh, see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.